everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dribble Podcast. My name is Craig O'Donoghue from the West Australian newspaper, taking you through another season of talking to guests from the Perth Wildcats, Perth Lynx, and WA Basketball in general to give you the best insight possible into what's happening in the sport throughout this state. In this week's episode, we'll be joined by Perth Wildcats superstar Luke Travers amid a three-point shooting spree that will totally change the way the world talks about him and his dream of joining the Cleveland Cavaliers. For our regular listeners, you will notice that we've uploaded this podcast a little bit later than usual. We normally record on a Tuesday, but it's midday on Wednesday right now because the Wildcats had a day off yesterday, so Luke is mighty refreshed. Luke, welcome to the Dribble Podcast. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me. Now, you went four-wheel driving at Preston Beach yesterday. Take me through the day. Uh, yeah, it was a early morning, got up, uh, just went down south with my dad. Uh, it's about maybe an hour from um, Rockingham, which is just a good day out. And um, what I like to do in my spare time is, yeah, forward driving, so always good fun. And your old man isn't around a lot of the time as a, as a FIFO worker. It must be good to, to spend some time with him during the basketball season. Yeah, for sure. And I think right now he's on like a two-and-two two roster, so um, the two weeks at home, try to make the most of it. But, um, yeah, it's always a good time down there with with my old man as well, so it's good. Players always relish a day off at this time of year, and Brady Mannix's family are over from the, the States at the moment. He went to Rotto and came back with his shoulders looking the same colour as your jersey. It looks pretty nasty, the sunburn. I'm sure the team took great humour from it this morning. Yeah, for sure. I think um, some of the guys were definitely a little bit extra physical uh, into today's practice as well, so... I mean, it's good fun and always good for the boys to, you know, explore and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's good to see. Now, there was a lot of focus on you throughout the start of the season, um, especially as uh, uh, Mike Gansey arrived from Cleveland. But since he left, the focus has has changed a little bit from what you might be to what you're becoming right now. Big couple of minutes here for the Wildcats. Up by four. Travis. The roof is about to blow off RAC Arena. So pre-Mike Gansey's arrival, you were shooting the three ball at 25%. Post-Gansey, you're 17 of 31 at 55%. What has changed? Um, to be honest, I think it's mostly a mindset thing. But, um, I mean, I spent the whole off-season working on it. And a big shout-out to Tony Vasatura as well. But then since I've got home, a lot of work with Mike Kelly as well, who's just to be able to narrow down on some um, pinpoint some things that I need to work on as well. But... I think it's just the whole mindset change. Like, I, I want to say I've, yeah, like, it's just I've been a lot more confident with it as well and I'm not second-guessing it as much. Um, but also, yeah, obviously repetition and putting in the work definitely helps as well. So um, just to see it sort of coming through, uh, definitely it's a good feeling. So how much do you and Mike do? I watched you at training today um, and then just, you know, counted a random 10 shots you put up and, you, and eight of them, you made eight of them out of the 10. So 80% perfect. Um, what, what sort of work do you two do? do together in a one-on-one situation uh it's mainly uh before practice it would just be a lot of like around the rim stuff just getting my touch uh going before practice um and then after practice we spend about anywhere between half an hour to an hour just um yeah like i said pinpointing those sort of things that i need to work on um whether that's getting low in a stance or just getting my hand under the ball um just focusing down on that and then um, obviously, just repetition. Uh, I think that's the the main part of it. And to be able to just sit down with Mike and talk about it before the season started as well was uh, a big focus as well. And it's definitely helped out. So it looks like there's a bit more loop in your, your three-point shot at the moment rather than a bit, bit of a dagger. It felt like a bit, a bit point some last year where it was a lot flatter. Do, do you feel you've got a bit more loop in it when that's, that's making a big difference with your technique? Yeah, for sure. And that was something that we spoke about with Mike as well. When I was uh, last year... 
second guessing myself and just rather like shooting it like a little dart trying to not screw something up um just shooting it with confidence and just repetition has definitely helped with that as well so to be able to just shoot it without thinking about it too much um has definitely helped it and the confidence thing as well just uh yeah stepping into every shot the same and knowing that the next shot's going to go down as well so um i think that's just been the main part of it so there's so many quality three-point shooters in your team you look at bryce and Corey webster and brady manick and todd blanchard now ty webster's joined you as well and your coach was a ripper when you look at his three-point shooting Mm -hmm. uh, performances have you lent on any of them for advice or have you watched much vision to, to to compare your technique and what it was to what they were uh, I don't think so too much. Um, obviously, it's you watch it every day as well and sort of see the things that they do. So I think it just happens naturally at the same time. But I think it's just how basketball is now. You've got to be able to shoot to be effective. And um, I know that's not been one of my strengths um, growing up as well. So to be able to do those little things that I used to do as well, but also hit the open shot, it's been, um, yeah, it definitely helps. Are you noticing teams are starting to take a little bit more notice and a little bit more respect when you got the ball in the three-point region? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, they used to go under every ball screen and stuff like that. And now to be able to come off and sort of use my passing ability uh, a little bit more effectively, I think everything just sort of opens up being able to shoot, which is, um, yeah, that's why it helps so much. Now, Ricky Grace was obviously a great scorer as well, and earlier this season we had him on the dribble, and I asked him what he thought it would take to, to turn you into, into an NBA player, and this is what he said. I think he's about 50,000 shots away from adding a zero or two to his wage. If he just gets in the gym, puts up five, 750 shots a day, five days a week, I have no doubt that Luke will end up in the NBA. Now, at the time, I thought 50,000 sounded enormous, but then when he talked it through it and it was like, as he said, 500 to 700 shots a day over the course of every single week, suddenly, by the end of the season, you've reached 50,000. Would you be doing that? Are those the sort of figures that you're talking about when you say you spend about an hour with Mike Kelly a day? Yeah, I want to say it's pretty pretty close. Um, I'm pretty much in the gym uh, at least six times a week, whether it's, um, yeah, playing or training as well. And, um, yeah, during that time, I'm shooting a lot so i want to say those numbers are, are pretty accurate it's, it's always interesting with yourself like there's an old saying about being a jack of trades and master of none at times for di- different people but your, your strength is a swiss army knife and being the jack of all trades is it a challenge to dedicate the time that you need to be elite in all sorts of different areas and still be elite where someone wants you to be in a, in a specific part of the trade uh, I don't think so. I think a lot of my stuff growing up, being that sort of jack of all trades, was just it came down to effort, like being able to rebound. Obviously, passing is something that I just enjoy to do as well. I like to get my teammates involved. Um, rebounding, yeah, it's like a, an effort thing. So, and then obviously defense as well just comes down to effort as well. So, um, I think that just sort of comes with it. But yeah, obviously shooting and dribbling and all that stuff that's a it's a skill thing and something I've worked on a lot lately. So to be able to finally, uh, yeah, I just want to keep perfecting my game as well um, and then hopefully just to, yeah, take that next step. But it's, yeah, it comes down to everything. So Mike Kelly's been enormous for you. And then the other Mike, Mike Gans, he was, as I said, was here a couple of weeks back. Uh, let's go back to, to that visit. Did he give you any advice at all about your three-point shooting? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think it was just more to catch up just as and get to know each other more as uh, as people as well, which 
Um, it was a good experience. I know I didn't get to watch a game, but was down to all the practices and got to have uh, a lunch with him and stuff, which was nice. So um, it's definitely a good thing to know that they're still watching and he's coming out and he just sort of told me to just keep doing my thing. Um, wasn't necessarily pinpointing any uh, specific areas and stuff. So, But to have that um, is definitely it's cool. Did you take him around WA much? Did you show him the sights? Uh, yeah, we went down to Scarborough, which was uh, always a good spot to show. Um, but, yeah, he loved the beaches as well. And he said he didn't want to ever leave here as well, So, which is a, a big thing that a lot of people say as well. So it's cool to have that sort of experience with him um, and, then, yes, show off Perth as well. To have that bond that you can build in that short amount of time, like it's, it's, it'd be rare for players that get to spend so much time w- with someone like him. D- did you walk away just feeling more content and more comfortable with your basketball future and basketball life? Yeah, for sure. I think any time, yeah, I'm still in contact with them now, like a couple of text messages here and there as well. And just knowing that they're watching as well, um, rather than, you know, drafted and then they send you back and you don't hear from them until, you know, summer league or something like that. But knowing that they're watching and they're texting me and stuff, it's definitely um, a good feeling. So you said when Mike arrived that you were hopeful of getting a bit more of an idea about the, the, the pathway that they wanted post-season. Do you know what your life will look like at the end of this season yet? Uh, no, not too much. And I think that's uh, um, something that he didn't want to do too much as well. Um, just sort of let me focus on the, the season at hand. Obviously, it's a, a tight race right now. So to just focus on winning these games... Um, has been a, a big part of it and I think that's just why he sort of just let me do my thing um, and worry about that later. It is a bit chaotic life, isn't it? Like when you think about it, all your focus has to be on the next game because that's all that matters for you day by day. Worst case scenario though is you, your season ends in less than two weeks. Best case scenario is you could be still going for another six and win the championship. Like you wouldn't really know what, what, to, what to plan for or what to think of, would you? Because you were in America within days last year of your season ending. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's something that JR's sort of um, put into us is we just can't worry about the future. Um, we got to worry about the, the task at hand, which is winning each individual game. So right now we're just focused on the Illawarra game. Um, and then once that's over, we move on to the next one. Do you know if they'll come out at all during finals? Obviously, they were here for the NBL Blitz and, and then someone and then Mike comes here mid-season. If you make the play-in tournament and then, then advance through to finals, do you expect anyone to be here or, or have they indicated that um, this is it, that was their last trip? Uh, I'm not too sure. They haven't really said anything about it. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be in contact with them throughout it all, um, whether we make it or not, which, yeah, hopefully we are. And they're watching the games. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll find out at a later time. And did they give you any indication about next season, whether they, if you don't make the main roster, whether you'd be in Australia or whether they want you in America or if they, have, you know, if they think you might be on the roster for next year? Do you have any open dialogue about what that, what, what that might look like? Yeah, I'm not too sure at the moment. Um, like I said, they just sort of let me worry about um, the season at hand. Uh, I'm sure I'll go back to summer league with them. Um, and then once that's all over, I think it's the ball's in their court and they can yeah, pretty much do whatever they want. I'm happy to do whatever they want me to do as well. Absolutely. Do whatever they want for as long as they want. That's the key, yeah. isn't it? So it was such a roller coaster weekend for, for the club last week. Brilliant win against Sydney in the Sean Ridge Jersey retirement game and Heritage Round, then well beaten by South East Melbourne. Take me through the highs and lows of the weekend. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was obviously a, a cool experience to obviously watch Sean Redditch, uh retire his jersey, which is someone that I grew up watching um, and tried to replicate his game as well growing up. So that was a cool experience, and to get that sort of win as well uh, was good. But, and, uh, yeah, all our attention needed to turn to Melbourne, which um, 
was a, a rough fly-in. Um, you know, we didn't get in till just after midnight, which a lot of people have found out. But um, it's no excuse for us. I mean, if we want to be a championship team, they're the sort of um, games that we need to win. And, um, yeah, we lost an opportunity. But, yeah, now our, our focus is on Illawarra and, um, yeah, hopefully take care of business there. So that flight, that's a, that's a genuine issue, whether people want to say, oh, excuses or not. Like, it's a genuine issue when you're meant to have a mid- – was it midday you were meant to fly out or 2 o'clock? One of, one of those – Yeah, midday. Midday, midday yeah. So, so were you at the airport or were you, or were you able to at least stay at home um, during what was a, a significant delay? Yeah, no, we were able um, to get – told that morning um rather than everyone rocking up uh that the, the flight was cancelled and yeah weren't able to fly out until about four o'clock that afternoon so that means you wouldn't have got any sort of practice in that, that day at all no not at all must be frustrating when that sort of stuff happens uh yeah for sure but um that's just the the reality you got to just um deal with the the punches and stuff and we had an opportunity to really uh yeah, put ourselves forward in the in the ladder and in the race to, for finals, but um, yeah, missed it, and now we move on. And incidentally, Perth Lynx had some issues with their flights as well. Sammy Wickham's luggage just disappeared, and they said we don't know when you'll be getting it back. So it uh, wasn't a great weekend for the Perth teams trying to get on planes and, and travel around the country, which is necessary when you when you're trying to play as a professional athlete. Illawarra at home um, on Friday night, they've improved a lot. What's the big focus uh, at the moment this week? Yeah, obviously they're playing with a lot of confidence now um, with injuries going down and now they're getting some, some reps with the younger guys that are they play hard um, and they're playing fast as well. So we've got a couple of yeah, Keens, just the normal stuff, D-trans and stuff. And um, yeah, if we take care of that, we should be good. Mitch Norton looked like he moved well at, at practice today. It would be nice to have him back in, in, into the rotation. Absolutely. Um, like the last game we broke off, got gone. It would be nice to have... Uh, Norto out there doing his stuff as well, and I think it'll be another one this week with Tyler Harvey as well. He'll obviously uh, get a bit of a role on him as well, which will um, yeah be nice to see him back out there. And what about Ty Webster? We did, he looked like he might have heard a hammy as he came off uh, when he fouled out the other day, and we didn't see him on court when we were allowed in, in the um, in, in to watch his session today. Did he do much at all? Uh, yeah, no, not much today. Uh, I think it's just taking the right um, steps. Uh, to go forward as well, and um, I think they'll just go from there and reevaluate tomorrow and see how it goes. How are you finding the, the the very short rotation that it is now from a minutes perspective? Do you do you like the way it sets up to allow you to get into the game and come off the bench and then you know, spend more time on court? Yeah, for sure. Um, anytime you can spend that little bit more on the court to you know get a rhythm and um, get yourself going as well, which is uh, it's been good as well, but. I mean, we need everyone. Um, I think that's just how basketball is. You need everyone from top to bottom to contribute in any way possible. So um, it's been good as well to get out there and, you know, get that rhythm and hopefully it continues to go on as well. But, um, yeah, we need everyone. And what's it going to take to get the rebounding absolutely sorted for every single game? The team's improved it so much, but it obviously fell away against Southeast. Yeah, I think it's just an effort thing. Um, I think it starts with me as well. Um, I shouldn't be having, you know, five rebounds and stuff. It should be upwards of eight and ten and stuff. So um, I definitely got to help out a little bit. But it's just a matter of um, everyone being connected and boxing out and then just going and getting it. I think that's the the big part of it rather than boxing out and just sort of watching it. Um, So it's going to take a team effort as well. Um, And we did a good job with that before as well and then yeah we've just got to continue to build on that 
How's your body feeling at the moment? You've taken some bang, you've been banged up at different points, taking some big bumps, you've taken some whacks to the head, you've rolled your ankle a couple of times. Like, how, how is it all feeling? Uh, it's not too bad at the minute, actually. Uh, the two days definitely helped for everyone as well. Um, but yeah, feeling fresh and ready to go for sure. Now, obviously, uh, you come up against, as I said, the Hawks, and, and a, a teammate of yours from the Boomers uh, uh, with Sam Froling, and the, the focus has turned to his brother Harry after an assault on the weekend. Harry suffered a fractured skull and bleeding on the brain after being allegedly attacked outside a nightclub in the early hours of the morning, and a 19-year-old man was charged with a fray and recklessly inflicting grievous bodily harm. He was granted bail in court today. Have, have you guys all been reaching out to, to Harry or to Sam or to, to the family in general? It's such, it's such a horrible story for the NBL. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the beauty of basketball in Australia. We're all uh, a big family as well. So obviously, um, you know, all the best for him in his recovery as well. Um, and then obviously to Sam as well, dealing with this. To see your brother go down as well, it's tough as well. So um, yeah, just sending all the hope and um, all the best for them. He's a big, big man, Harry. He's hard to miss. And you stand out like a sore thumb as well, I reckon, where everywhere you go. Have you ever had any issues with people like uh, just trying to be heroes and take take you on just because you are who you are? Uh, no, I have not, actually. Um, obviously, you sort of try and limit that sort of experience. Um, but, yeah, no, I, have, I haven't had any problems. That, that must be good. So how, how do you limit that? It's like home early, not going to certain places. Is that is that the way an athlete has to live their life now? Uh, I mean, almost, uh, but obviously it's hard. Like, you want to have a life outside of basketball as well, but I'm more of a homebody anyway. Like, I'll enjoy my time with my family at home or right now with my friends um, as well. So just sort of trying to limit that uh, during the season at least, um, which is what I do anyway. So it's, yeah, it's obviously a life that you just got sort of got to embrace and um, obviously take the right precautions as well. So this is a good time for us to remind everyone out there that blokes like Luke and he's good mate Luke Jackson at Frio and players from the Scorchers and the Glory and West Coast and anyone else you can think of as an athlete isn't out for you to be a hero and take them on. They're just out to try to enjoy themselves. So don't be an idiot. Don't. No one wants to see one punch destroy lives. So just go out and enjoy your night with out engaging in that sort of violence. How, how are you enjoying moving out of home and living a bit more of a, a, a different life this season? Yeah, it's been a, a little bit different, but um, yeah, it's been nice as well just being able to be like a 25 minute drive from training um and it's definitely helped with that being able to get extra shots up as well um but yeah to be able to learn to do my washing and cook and all that stuff although my mum tries and helps out as much as she can um but it's been good big change uh yeah for sure i think my mum did a lot for me um which is something that i'll never take uh, for granted as well um she did it a lot for me so to be able to move out and sort of do all those things that she did for me for myself um, it's been a, a good life change and something that I needed to do as well uh, and yeah it's just been good Ah, terrific. Well, look, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. It's a huge weekend for the for the club. Illawarra on Friday night, then Tassie and Tassie on Sunday. So good luck with everything and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, a lot of you will be listening to this on Australia Day, and it is another Australia Day where Bryce Cotton isn't naturalised. And it's fair to say that's frustrating for a lot of people. Uh, we had the story on the back page of the West Australian on Friday, quoting leading immigration lawyer Chris Johnston from Work Visa Lawyers, saying that it was clear that the government had dragged their feet on this and that he would certainly like to see uh, athletes like Bryce uh, given more of an opportunity to fast-track that sort of process to get them to becoming citizens because it's hard to be an athlete at that sort of level 
because you can have an injury or you can, you can lose your contract or you can be out of form and suddenly those opportunities disappear. This was Andrew Gaze's response to the story during the coverage of Friday night's game. And as you can see on the back page, for Bryce's sake, give me Albo's number. We need to go straight to the top, dog. Get Albo. Albo's sorted a few things out since he's come in. This has to be high on the priority list, please. Yes, it should be high on the priority list, please, Albo. I've constantly been asking the Home Affairs Department for comment on this issue and been repeatedly told the same thing. We do not comment on individual cases. Well, this is a case which I think they need to start commenting on because people care. There is in the public interest, and it's having a big impact on the sport. I also spoke to the Australian Olympic Committee this week and asked for President Ian Chesterman to come on the show as a guest to discuss his role in the process. This was a really interesting response. They said that they don't have any role in helping to get athletes naturalised. It's up to the individual sports. Uh, so I found that extremely interesting at the time. I um, also contacted Basketball Australia and asked for Executive General Manager of High Performance Jan Sterling to be a guest to explain her role. The response to that one was that Jan submitted a letter supporting Bryce's application, as she did with the Distinguished Talent Visa application, but that was actually her last involvement in the process. That's months ago. So it does appear that lots of people want Bryce to be naturalised, but not many are actually in a position where they're going to have a major influence on getting the government to click into gear quickly, which is obviously frustrating for Wildcats fans, frustrating for basketball fans, and it'll be extremely frustrating for Bryce. Um, It's a big week for Basketball Australia, actually. Uh, Jan's at the National Performance Camp at the Centre of Excellence in Canberra right now. There are three West Aussies at that camp. Uh, They are the 196-centimetre Savannah Metcalf, Aussie under-age rep Aaron Gajor, and Charlie Dimmock, who debuted in NBL 1 West for Coburn at just 15 during December. So they're showcasing all of their talents. That's for players born in 2006 and 2007. Uh, Wildcats General Manager of Basketball, Danny Mills, spent the first two days of the camp in Canberra watching that closely. So it really is a big opportunity for those players to impress a lot of people. Couldn't help but notice one of the girls from New South Wales, her first name is Opal. So it's almost like she was born to play this sport because if she becomes a star, she'll be the first Opal to play for the Opals. So imagine that. And then we've got Dyson Daniels' brother, Dash, is also at the camp. Uh, for Perth Lynx fans, your team is playing in a couple of hours. It's 12.25 at the moment as we're recording on Wednesday. Hence, I'm not going into too much detail about what's going on with them because it'll be irrelevant by the time you, you are actually listening. If they've won today's game, they'll be up and about and a genuine finals contender. Uh, to be six wins in a row, uh, including wins over Southside and Bendigo, ahead of a blockbuster against Melbourne Boomers on Sunday. If they lose the game to Bendigo, life becomes quite tough again. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go in this next run of being interstate. They've been away for just over a week as they go through this extended interstate journey. So that's it for this week's episode of the Dribble Podcast. Remember, you can read all of your basketball news in the West Australian newspaper and keep logging on to thewest.com.au. Thank you to Luke Travers for his time. Thank you to the wonderful Kate Ryan for her production work. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Dribble Podcast.